Hello and welcome to the Green Industry Podcast with Paul Jamison. This show is all about helping lawn care and landscaping professionals take your business to the next level. Paul is the author of four best-selling books, including Cut That Grass and Make That Cash, and his brand new book, The Lawn Care Advantage, Winning Strategies for a Thriving Landscaping Business, available on Audible and narrated by Mr. Producer. Now, here's your host. Paul Jamison. Hey, what's going on? <laughs> that was for the sorry man. That was for the, sig the audio <laughs> the video. Chase is eager to get back on the program here. He was with Jeremiah Jennings on the Growing Green podcast. Yeah, and uh, welcome to the Green Industry podcast. Chase two. Yep, Chase two. From North Carolina. You, North Carolina, man. Glad to be here. Appreciate you guys being in the booth today. Thanks for having us. We're going to yeah. get uh, into the commercial lawnmowers at John Deere, but I want to get to know you first, uh, Chase. So yeah. you're from North Carolina. Where'd you grow up? I grew up in eastern North Carolina, a little town called Dunn. Uh, okay. My dad owned uh, a couple of Napa stores, so I grew up in kind of the, the space uh, a little bit, supporting kind of the farm and the, the, the forestry customers in that market. And um, Went to NC State, engineer by education, uh, but I've never been a practicing engineer for some reason. I've spent most of my career in sales and marketing, believe it or not. So. Philip Rivers, the great Philip Rivers, man. Right? Yeah, he was there when I was there. Chuck Amato. Yeah, he was there when I was there. Those are the good old days. Yeah, we, we actually just went to a football game this past week, and they they recognized the uh, the championship team that year, and Chuck was on the field, and uh, man, it was good to see those guys. But uh, tough loss that day, but uh, it's good it's good good to reminisce a little bit. Yeah, when I was a little kid, uh, uh, Philip Rivers was the quarterback of North Carolina State. Yep, and then he was a quarterback in the NFL for like yeah. decades. <laughs> it's probably the most successful quarterback that's never won a uh, a Super Bowl, right? Yeah. No. So, uh, North Carolina State, what happened after that? Yeah, so went back home, worked from worked for my dad for a little bit. Um, you know, he was still pretty pretty young in his career, you know, early 50s. And it's like, hey, I just went to school. I grew up in the business. I want more responsibility. And it was kind of more of the same. And I'm like, hey, I'm going to go do something else for a while. And uh, John Deere was building a factory in North Carolina. It's about 30 minutes from where I grew up and, um, and um, got... Uh, they posted a job in the newspaper, believe it or not, uh, and uh, applied, got hired, and started with uh, John Deere in September of 1998. Just hit 25 wow. years uh, last month. Congratulations. Yeah, man. What did you do in those early days? So I actually started answering the phone for uh, technical customer support. So when a, when a dealer or a customer would have a problem uh, and the dealer, didn't, the dealer technician didn't know how to solve it, right, I would help them work through how to diagnose that problem. And then we would categorize those problems and report them back to engineering and, and continuously make improvements. Um, from, from there, I, I got some kind of more customer support responsibility where I actually started working proactively on, on our product development programs, making sure that they were easy to work on, easy to repair, um, you know, met the durability and reliability cycle that we were looking for. Um, did that for a couple of years, and then I had a mentor that... Um, was like, hey, you, you, you kind of know how to talk to customers. And, uh, you know, I knew you had grew up in sales working for your dad. So I think you might want to go to Florida and, and work in sales. And so uh, so I went to uh, to Orlando, Florida, was the, uh, was the John Deere sales rep down there for, for four years. And if you want to be a successful sales rep for John Deere in Florida, you better learn how to do two things. One, sell big tractors to sugarcane customers and uh, and also sell commercial mowers to landscapers because that's a huge landscaping market. And 
Uh, fortunately, uh, the factory that I work at was uh, worked uh, had just left was the commercial mowing factory. And so it was an easy transition, and it's kind of gotten in my blood, and uh, now I'm back in the space um, since 2007, kind of leading this part of the business. Okay. So tell us about the uh, commercial lawnmowers. It looks like you got uh, some new things happening. Yeah, here. it's an exciting time, not only for John Deere, but for the industry. I, I said this with Jeremiah yesterday. I think the industry is going to change more in the next 10 years than it's changed in the last 30 or 40 uh, I think that's true, and, and I think it starts for us kind of this year. Um, we, we are super excited to be launching our new Q800 Series Z uh, Quick Track launch. Um, you know, this is something that we've been working on for three years. Um, it's 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 a ground up kind of clean sheet design for 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 us at John Deere. Uh, you know, previously we were working with Wright. I know a lot of your your customers know that, or your listeners know that. Um, and uh, it was a great relationship for us. They made them from 13, 14, 15. Uh, we brought them in-house and started making them um, at our factory in North Carolina in 2016. Uh, and then, uh, you know, we've been working on this for the, the last three years. It was really important for us as we were kind of reimagining our future, if you will. We, we wanted to create a platform for the future. Um, and I think we accomplished that. One, you know, the, 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 the gas industry today is super important. So we've got a great new portfolio of gas-powered equipment. We've got kind of three trim levels with our e-spec series, uh, and the M series, as well as our R series. We can go as in-depth or not as you want to go. The more in-depth, the better. Yeah, you yeah, yeah. Get, You're talking to the right crowd. Yeah, so, so, so the E series is kind of the, the traditional uh, right legacy chassis. We know that mm -hmm. there's a lot of uh, loyals to that chassis out there, and we didn't want to abandon them. So we're going to keep a couple of SKUs in the E series. It's the 36 and 48 inch SKU. Uh, the new chassis will start with the M spec. Um, super excited about that. A lot of new functionality in there. There was kind of three or four goals that we had for this project as we were looking forward to the, the new M and the R. One was we wanted to improve hillside performance, uh, kind of in the marketplace, um, and, and really compete um, for those customers that, that needed that traction kind of characteristic. Uh, we know we needed to increase our value proposition, things like fuel capacity. We were still at five gallons. The, the new machine's now at 12, so big, big change there. Uh, we knew we knew we needed to. Uh, we knew we needed to. Uh, um, uh, sorry about that. <laughs> sorry, we're filming a podcast yeah. here. We had some guy walk right in front of the live camera. In, live, in, live in the studio. We live have excellent studio. editors, so yeah. we'll put some B-roll. Yeah, no uh, worries. We'll never even see them. Yeah, no worries. Um, but, uh, you know, we, we wanted to uh, to increase the value proposition and horsepower. We knew we were kind of underpowered. Now we've got a, a great new range of, of engine options from 23 and a half. Uh, to 27, to the new 34 and a half EFI Kawi Evo engine that, you know, we're super excited to, to kind of be leading the industry with that new engine out there. Um, we also wanted to get our seven iron decks on there. I mean, that, that deck has been a staple for us. Uh, a lot of your listeners know that kind of the, the, the history of that and the, and the cutting performance of that. You know, it's just hard to beat in, in tough, wet, heavy, lush grass conditions. We feel like that deck is, is really at the top of the industry there, and so we wanted to get that on there, uh, as well as improve the ergonomics, um, you know, update the, you know, the display and things like that. So, feel like we accomplished those. Um, you know, M series is kind of the the workhorse, if you will. It's um, 
you know, kind of the, the no-frills machine. Okay. Um, you know, got a variety of engine options, you know, 48, 54, 60-inch decks. And then the R will have a, a few more creature comforts, um, you know, padded foot platform, Got got some fenders with some foot props on it, so people can change up, uh, you know, their 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 footing as they go through the day, things like that. So, uh, super excited about them, man. And then we've got the electric one in the middle. You know, it's concept vehicle for us, uh, but you can see it's built on the the same chassis. I talked about you know building that chassis for the future and making that investment. So it was important to be able to 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 power the current space of the industry, but also look forward to the future space with electric and you can see you know that machine the fit and finish on that is pretty much done we're still calling it a concept vehicle we, we've not chosen to put it in market but um it's it's we're not behind it's it's ready to go whenever the market's ready yeah and speaking of that chase what, what do you think this trend um with electric how fast do you think it's going to progress because i think we all agree it's the future yeah but how fast we're going to get there it's a great question. Um, I don't think anybody really knows. I mean, at the end of the day, economics matter, um, and specifically for the landscape contractor space. So we kind of look at this space in three different segments. Got the governmental, uh, you know, they're for um, for budget, uh, and so for them, budget's not as important. Um, you know, that they're probably the lead adopters on some of this electric stuff. Um, then you've got the professional grounds people, uh, again, typically for budget, whether it's a municipal or a college uh, or an in-house uh, self-maintained uh, property. And then you got the landscape contractors, and uh, which is the biggest piece of, of, of the market. Uh, and economics clearly matter for them. Um, and, and so right now, I mean, you're looking at multiples of 2 to 3x uh, for similar productivity. Uh, batteries are getting better. You know, for a couple of years ago, runtime anxiety was a big problem. And I'm going to get two hours and I'm going to get four hours. I think some of the the, the lead companies out in um, out in the space uh, are kind of learning a lot. And, and we're obviously investing in learning ourselves. But I think we're pretty close to be able to get six to eight hour runtime pretty, uh, pretty confidently in this space. And so I think the runtime anxiety will, will start to go down. Uh, but the price, unfortunately, is not coming down at scale right now. So, um, the, you know, until we get to, you know, at least a 2x multiple and below, mm-hmm. I, I think adoption is going to be limited. Um, but, um, you know, we're, we're ready when the market's ready. Cool. With your 25 years um, experience at John Deere, what's been the most memorable moment? Oh, dude, that's a crazy hard question. Um, I'm going to throw a couple at you. So one actually happened at this show um, several years ago. I wished I could remember the year, but we were um, like today, like today, crazy busy in the booth. And I get a tap on my shoulder and it's like, hey, there's somebody who wants to meet you. And I'm like, "Okay, give me just a minute. And um, and um, I walk out and there's this kind of. figure standing there with this cowboy hat and and a feather in his hat and it's Richard Petty oh my here here he was here doing something else um but John Deere for years was a huge sponsor and donator to the Victory Junction camp um for for underprivileged kids and and things like that and he just said hey I want to do something as a thank you and so we got our picture taken in the John Deere booth, 
And he sat in our booth and signed John Deere hats for an hour. Wow. Pro bono, just as a thank you for doing what you guys do and supporting us and our mission. Uh, and I think that was just a tremendously memorable moment because he just did it out of kindness, right? It was, yeah. it was an appreciation. Uh, certainly, I grew up in eastern North Carolina, so NASCAR racing was a huge deal. My dad drug me to every NASCAR track in, in you know, Tennessee, Virginia, South Carolina, and North Carolina growing up. So clearly, he, I knew who he was, and he was a bit of an idol. So that was awesome. Uh, and I think the, uh, one of the other opportunities was just, um, you know, had the opportunity to, um, to, to spend a lot of time all over the world. Um, you know, I've got global responsibility, and um, we were in uh, Germany one time and uh, got the opportunity to, <laughs> random enough, um, John Deere in Sweden sponsored a, a, a hard rock and roll concert, and I just happened to be over there doing some work. When this uh, when this concert was going on, and uh, to go to a hard rock concert in Sweden um, that was sponsored, primary sponsored by John Deere, was something that I would didn't ever think I'd get the opportunity to experience. But it was just awesome to see, you know, the hard rock and roll, like the heavy heavy metal bands out there with John Deere banners everywhere. Never, probably never do that today, uh, but uh, had the opportunity to experience it then, and just a great memory. So, give us the inside look of the culture, because Chase to work somewhere for twenty five years is unheard of. I think the average job now is like, you know, people are having like twelve, fifteen jobs in their career. Yeah, twenty five years. W w what sticks you around the John Deere culture? Uh, give us a little. Inside look under the hood. Yeah, you know, John Deere's all about the people. Um, and I think most companies, uh, successful companies, I mean, we're 185 plus years at this point. Uh, successful companies stick around for a couple reasons. One, because they produce really great products uh, and they hire really great people and they build and they build culture. And, and John Deere's no different. Um, I mean, we are a, a very successful brand, but that brown, uh, brand is, is, is kind of successful because of the people that make it that um, Tied to a higher mission, right? Feed, feed the world, clothe the world, build the architecture of the world, and uh, beautify the world, which is the space that I work in, right? Um, you know, it's awesome to see beautifully manicured uh, green spaces. Um, it relaxes people, it calms people, it invites people out. Um, and I think that's just an awesome, uh, hi awesome higher mission. Um, and and John Deere. Extremely blue collar. Um, we, we had a um, we we had a, a slogan a few years ago that I still like to live by, and you know we're connected to those who work the land. Mm. And if you look at it from our agricultural business or our construction business or our landscape business, um, very similar ties in terms of the caliber of people, the blue collar work ethic of the people, and the fact that they work the land. That, how, how do you not want to work for, for a company, you know, that, that's that's tied to that mission? So It's beautiful. My grandpa yeah. had a John Deere mower. He's he's passed away and as an inheritance that went to my father. Yeah. Sitting in his garage up in Canton, Ohio. Yeah, man. And, and just the excellence you guys have in marketing, even with the little toys for kids, it's just like fantastic brand. Yeah. Th thank you, man. We work hard at it. Um, but. You know, brands in this day and time can come and go and they can easily fall. And so, um, you know, we're very cognizant of, um, of the, the company and the brand that we work for and, and hold ourselves to a higher standard, right? As we should. Yeah. You know, we, we want to see this brand 
uh, continue for another 185 plus years. Cool. Well, is there anything we're leaving out here that needs addressed? Man, no, just just tremendously excited to have you guys in, in the booth today. And, and uh, you know, when we were kind of setting up this design, we, we wanted to create an environment uh, where we could get some longer format uh, type type podcast rolling. And, um, you know, you know, just couldn't be more excited to be here. Um, it, I will say that, um, you know, I, I mentioned earlier that this is kind of and a really exciting time for the industry and for us. And it really starts with kind of the Q800 series. And I think as you continue to come back next year in 24 and the next year in 25 and then the following year in 26, I think you're going to see a lot coming from from John Deere in this space. Um, I think we are committed at, at the deepest level that I've ever seen it. Um, and, and our long range product plan and our technology investments are only going to continue to yield fruitful dividends for 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 the landscape contractors in terms of how do I increase productivity, how do I connect and get more data so that I can run my business better, right? Um, so we're excited for the next few years, and uh, hopefully you guys can come back and be a part of that, and as and we can continue to tell the story. That'd be fantastic. And for this year, uh, Chase, thanks for giving us the time and the space. And John Deere's got the I think the best, uh, biggest, best, what a grandest booth uh, right when you walk through yeah. the door it's right there and uh, they gave us some prime time real estate um yesterday my boy jeremiah jennings from the growing green podcast uh he was here uh podcasting all day we've been here on the main day thursday and, and i just want to say thank you this is yeah, man. fantastic that we can set up like this and, and and share with you guys so thanks chase yeah it's important for us but it's also equally as important for you right we we grow together right absolutely well thank you very much yeah and uh, thank you guys for watching. Nothing runs like a deer. You need to increase your prices to earn more, but you better do it correctly or your customers will become unhappy. You want to discover the proven method to easily increase your prices? I've assembled the Price Increase Letter Template. It's a plug and play document that will allow you to inform your customers in the correct way so that they understand why and will gladly accept your price increase. You can pick up the Price Increase Letter Template today at the Resource Center at thegreenindustrypodcast.com. Hey, it's Marty, producer of the Green Industry Podcast. This episode is over, but check the episode notes for links to products and services that you heard about during the episode. And thanks for listening.